It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Jamie All Over, the podcast, not the song. Earlier this week, I did post the song from when we were young, and I wrote Jamie all over the song, not the podcast. It's funny how many people don't actually know that that's what the name is from. It's from a Mayday Parade song. And I got to see them live for the first time over the weekend on Sunday. I want to get into everything that happened at and during when we were young. Most of it not so great. I'm really happy to be back home today. I also want to talk about feeling lonely in a crowd or feeling anxiety in a large crowd, because this is something that just recently happened to me at the festival. There were 60,000 people there. There was a lot going on. But most importantly, it allowed me to connect the dots of a recurring theme that has been happening to me over the course of a couple years now, which I never put it all together until this weekend, what exactly it was. I've done some research on it. I've done some self-exploration. Coming out of the weekend and being in Vegas, I really wanted to say I wish I didn't even come. But I always know that things happen for a reason. And I always know when we're going through a hard situation, there is growth beyond that situation. And it's meant to happen for a reason. So I fought really hard to find that reason this past weekend, because I just went through so many different emotions. And yes, very fitting emo girl going through emotions at the biggest emo fest ever. But nothing panned out the way I thought it would, such as life, right? Don't make plans. Or what's the saying? make plans and God will laugh, which is another thing. It's like, should I stop telling you guys my upcoming plans and just wait until it actually happens? And then I'll tell you what I did rather than what I have coming up because I never want to jinx anything. And I feel like maybe talking about something in advance and then if it doesn't happen, I'm kind of held to explaining what happened. That's kind of the predicament I've got myself into after this weekend. So let's just start in a timeline fashion, shall we? Let's start on Friday. Friday was my flight to Vegas. I initially did not intend on going on Friday. I had booked my hotel all the way back in January for this thing, and I booked it for Saturday and Sunday night when hotels were still available and at a reasonable cost. So only recently I had been discussing with Chris, who was on last week's episode, about possibly doing a DJ set at his event on Friday night. So once I decided that was going to happen, I needed to get to Vegas on Friday instead of Saturday. But I didn't have a place booked for Friday, and hotels were either completely sold out because all of the bands were in town, all of the crew, all of the people. It was like 60,000 people per day that bought tickets to this thing. It was just insane to even find a room. And Chris generously offered to let me stay with him on Friday night. So that was the plan. Now, he wasn't set to arrive till like 6 p.m. 
my flight had me arriving around 10.30 a.m., so I needed to figure out what to do with myself pretty much the whole day on Friday. I did spend a good chunk of it after I arrived at Las Vegas airport. I was actually sitting there with my phone plugged in, doing some work on my phone, but also finalizing that night's playlist with Courtney. And we were just sending notes back and forth, basically creating what we thought was the perfect set list. And then we also had a couple extra songs in case someone who may have gone up before us played one. So we had a couple backups as well. But we were all set. And then I ended up just going to a spa slash gym. I worked out. I did the steam room. I did the sauna. I had an actually a really nice relaxing start to this trip. And then I took a shower there. I got ready there. It was wonderful. And then I met Chris at his hotel, at which point we both get ready to go to his event. I get there. We meet Courtney, her boyfriend, Justice, Justice's brother, sister, my friend, Will, who lives in Vegas, his girlfriend who just came to town from Costa Rica. And then even a couple podcast listeners came by, and I think a couple more of Courtney and Justice's friends came by. We were not set to go first, so I'm not going to call out any names. My intention is not to throw anyone under the bus or to say anybody made a mistake or did anything wrong. This is just facts, I guess, of what happened. So the first DJ goes up and starts playing. We're all just, you know, having fun, not really paying attention how much time is passing by. But then I do hear our closing song play, which was Helena. And I go find Courtney. I was like, oh, no, we need to pick a new My Chemical Romance song. He just played Helena. And we were like, OK, whatever. No big deal. And we pick a different song. So then, you know, a couple more minutes go by. And then we hear another one on our set. Cute without the E, Taking Back Sunday which I was totally fine with switching. She wanted to put that song in. I was like, I play that one a lot, especially when I DJ emo nights. I wanted to do a deeper cut, but we switched it over to Cute Without the E because we didn't know what kind of audience would be at this event. And so we thought, let's be on the safe side and do one that they'll definitely know. So then we had to take that out. And I think I replaced it with You're So Last Summer. So then a little more time goes by. I think another song from my playlist <laughs> comes and we just like decide to take it out and not replace it with anything. I had gone up to this DJ several times. And I was like, hey, it's like getting late. I think we should go. <laughs> we should go on. We've got people here and they probably want to get home soon. And Nothing happened. I even said like, okay, start with our first song. You could put it on and then we'll take over. That never happened. And then as I was standing there, Jamie All Over plays, which again was on our set list. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's fine if you're like playing songs from our set list that we actually spent a lot of time working on. But come on, this one, this is my podcast name. Like I definitely want, you knew I wanted to play this one. He said something to the effect of like, you can't claim any songs. You can't claim any music, whatever was said. And I was like, OK. And I like I remember I grabbed my bag, which I would put down on the table because I thought we were going to start any minute. And I grabbed my bag and I just left and I found Courtney and, I, and she was like, hey, it's like after 1 a.m. I don't think we're going up. Everyone wants to leave. I'm just going to close my tab. I was like, I think I'm going to leave, too. So we were kind of a little frustrated at that point. We didn't really want to wait much longer to go on. So needless to say, Courtney and I did not do our set. I don't think anyone's intention was to use us. I truly think it was a misunderstanding. I think it was kind of like a low stress, low key event. No one had particular times to go up. Perhaps I needed to be more assertive about it or I don't I don't really know. 
to be honest, I don't care if we did it or not. It wasn't a big deal. It was more like a fun thing for us to do. But I could definitely see why Courtney felt embarrassed telling people we're going to do something and then it didn't happen. It doesn't make anyone feel or look good. And that was what I cared more about was like I actually had podcast listeners come out to see it. I felt bad for them. I wasn't like, oh, I'm so bummed I didn't get to do it. Honestly, like I was indifferent to actually doing it, but I did feel bad for other people. I end up leaving. Fast forward to Saturday morning. We wake up and we find out the festival is canceled due to high winds. They were expecting winds of potentially 60 miles per hour. And my initial thought was like, oh, this is totally fake. We were all right. It's Firefest. It's not happening. They somehow couldn't pull it off and they're blaming it on the wind. But when it was looked into further, it truly was ridiculously windy on Saturday. And everybody in the business was like, no, they actually made the right call. This is what is safe for everyone. I'm sure it's going to be a huge pain in the ass for everybody. But in this case, safety came first. So they made the right call. What I was hearing is insurance will cover paying back everything and everybody. I then later heard that the bands were only getting 50% and not 100% for Saturday, which sucks because they all had to pay to get the band out there. They had to pay for their hotels, for their food, like everything. I heard some bands spent up to $40,000 for everything, all their travel expenses, just to be there for the two weekends in a row. So if they're only getting paid half of what they expected, that definitely sucks for the bands. Initially, I was like, oh, that's awesome. They get paid and they don't even have to (laughs) to go play today. But then when I found out it was only half, I'm like, oh, that does suck. So after that happened, all of the bands were just scrambling to try to do pop-up shows around town because they were like, all these people, these 60,000 people for the Saturday tickets are not going to get to see us. And they're here and we're here. What can we do? A lot of the bands were really gracious and they were like, we have to do a free show. We can't charge them for it. So that's what they were trying to do. And one that was actually pulled off was a show with Red Jumpsuit Apparatus Armor for Sleep and Hawthorne Heights, I think it was. I think it was those three. It was at the Stratosphere. Well, I booked the Stratosphere for night one. In fact, back in January, even back then, I wasn't able to book a hotel, the same hotel two nights in a row. So I looked on a map and I just found what hotel was closest to the festival. And that's where I wanted to stay Saturday. So it was Stratosphere. I'd never stayed there before. I knew it wasn't like a super high end hotel on the strip, but the pictures were like, it's good enough, you know. And then my next night I was booked at MGM Signature, which I've been to before and I knew that that was nice. So as I go to check into my hotel, this pop-up show is happening. They did it in a lounge, which was in the lobby. So you couldn't even avoid it if you wanted to. Now, you might say, why would you want to avoid this? (laughs) Well, I think most of you know, and for those of you who don't, my ex-boyfriend was in red jumpsuit apparatus. If I could avoid seeing them at that point on that day, I probably would have wanted to. I was not prepared for this. So as I'm checking into my hotel and having to walk to the elevator to my room, I am forced to see the band and hear two songs. I also saw a ton of people who couldn't get tickets to this show crowding the casino and climbing on slot machines just to be able to see the stage. I was like, that's not good. And I heard them getting yelled at. So I finally make it to the elevator and get up to my room. And maybe like an hour later, I get a text from my friend from Dashboard who's like, hey, did that show get canceled? I was like, 
uh, I don't think so. I just walked through and saw two songs. He said, I heard it got canceled. So I don't really know what happened with that, if it got shut down because people were maybe climbing on those slot machines or what. But I did hear two songs. And it kind of triggered me a little bit because the last time I saw that band live was during my breakup in Dallas. I love everyone in that band, obviously, except, I don't even want to say except my ex, but like, I have no bad feelings towards anyone in the band. And when I was dating him, I really, really liked all of the members and got to know them. So it was kind of like bittersweet. But just hearing those songs unexpectedly kind of put me in a weird headspace when I got back up to my room. Now, I should also say that I found out my ex, for whatever reason, was not there for the Vegas shows. I have no idea what the status of that is. I can't speak on it. I don't know if he's still in the band or not. I have no idea. So there was that. He At least, you know, I wasn't running into someone that I didn't expect to. So that was okay. But I get up to my room and I just start feeling weird, you know, from the events that happened the night before to now this. It's just not what I expected my weekend to shape up as so far. So then that night, the plan was to go to emo night, which they have their residency at Resorts World at a club called Zook. However, emo night was not going on until 1.30 a.m. And I had the festival the next day and I know myself and I'm like, if I stay awake and I go to this thing at 1.30 a.m., there's no way I'm making the festival at 12. I'm going to sleep in late. We'll be out till what, 3, 4 a.m. But I was trying my best to still go to emo night. TJ was texting me. He was like, are you definitely coming? I got you guys a table. But if you're not coming, let me know so I could give the table to someone else. I was also supposed to be meeting up with Ariana, who was with Katie and Kristen. And then Courtney was there with her boyfriend and Paige and Paige's boyfriend. And I talked to everybody. Ariana was like, yeah, we're for sure going. We might as well. We have the table. So I told TJ and oh, and Chris was supposed to come as well. It was like for his birthday. And Chris was like, yeah, I definitely want to come. So I said to TJ, I'm like, yeah, I spoke with everyone. Everyone is still down. So then a couple hours pass and I'm like, how am I going to make it to like not go out until midnight? Ariana and the girls were already out at 7 p.m. And I was like, I know that I can't do that either because then I'll just want to go home at midnight. I'm not able to stay. So I got to stay here in my room and rest and just go out at midnight. And then just I started feeling very uneasy about everything to the point of almost giving myself a panic attack. I may have had a panic attack. I couldn't leave my room. I could not go out. I just kind of turned my phone off and I went to sleep. I should also let you know that on Saturday, before my room was ready, I was starving. So I ate at the bar in this restaurant in my hotel. And I was just so happened to be seated next to a guy who was by himself also doing the same exact thing. And the bartender says to me, are you here for the festival? I said yes, which then prompted him to talk to me about the festival because he was there for it as well. Hi, Justin, if you're listening. Very sweet from Seattle. We started talking about like who we were excited to see and all of that. And he said he was going to be walking over because our hotel was very close to the festival grounds. He said he was going to be walking over the next day. And I was like, you know what? I wanted to walk too, but I don't really feel comfortable walking by myself. None of my friends are staying at this hotel. Can I walk over with you? And he was like, yeah, of course. So we exchanged numbers. And that's what I did the next day. I walked over with him and his friend. Now, when we got there, we left at 11. It didn't open until 12. I've never seen a longer line in my entire life. It wrapped around, I want to say, like, 
Las Vegas Boulevard to whatever the side street was to then the next street. It was like almost around like a full square block. I don't know how to explain that, but we were just walking and walking and walking till the end. I ended up walking with them all the way to the end of their line. And then I was like, okay, I need to figure out where I'm supposed to go. So I had to walk all the way back from where I came from, got my passes at Will Call, and then I went in. At that point, cell service was still working because not everyone was there yet. And I was able to meet up with Justin and his friend for a little bit. But the issue with that was that I had VIP, they did not. So if I wanted to go into any of the better viewing areas, which to me were safer, had less people, they could not come. So we kind of parted ways a little bit here and there. And like we never had plans to stay together the whole day anyway. But this is where the trouble set in. I did have plans to meet up with other people, other people who did have VIP, like Ariana had VIP, Courtney had VIP. So at some point I was supposed to meet up with them and watch whatever bands we wanted to see together. My cell service dropped, as did everyone else's. Texts would go through, but maybe not for like an hour later. So it was like impossible to even meet up with anyone. I even had listeners that were trying to meet up with me that I got these messages like at midnight. It was mayhem as far as like coordinating meeting up with people. It was poor planning on my part because I should have planned to actually go specifically with a friend who was staying with me at the hotel together and we were going to go together and be there the whole time rather than this meeting up with people nonsense because it just did not work for this. The first band that was playing was Jumpsuit. And I was like, you know what? It was so funny because Brett was texting me something about oh Taylor Swift's new album. Speaking of Brett, side note, go check out his GoFundMe if you can. If you can spare $5, $10, $20. He just had to spend $1,000 last night at the vet for his poor cat who has, I think it's congenitive heart disease, and she's going to need surgery. But basically what he spent last night was his rent money. He doesn't know how he's paying rent. He started a GoFundMe. If he wants to keep his cat alive, she's going to need surgery. That's going to be thousands of dollars more. He just doesn't know how he's going to pay for that and survive at the same time. So he has a GoFundMe. Go check it out if you can. Okay, so Brett was texting me about the new Taylor Swift album and saying like there's this particular song that he found to be therapeutic. And I, as a joke, write back, I'm currently watching Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Not sure if this is therapeutic. (laughs) And in a way, maybe it was. And it was nice to see all the guys again. And I do like the music. And like I said, I think they're great guys. Like Ronnie, the singer, is vegan. His wife is the sweetest woman ever who's also vegan. They have the cutest kid. And then The drummer, his name is John, but he goes by Espy. He's one of my favorite people. And I was just like, I want to like say hi to them or whatever. But I didn't really make any effort to. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's appropriate. But I did post one of their songs in the video. You can see Espy playing drums. And I was just like, hi, John Espy. And he saw it and he DM'd me back. He's like, oh, my God, you're here. Joey and I want to meet up with you. And then, like I said, the service was so shitty that that was impossible because I didn't get that till like after I left. It was insane. But I would have liked to see them to say hi. Moving on. So I saw them and then I saw the starting line. I saw acceptance, May Day Parade, Boys Like Girls. I'm not a huge fan of Boys Like Girls music, but I have to give them credit that live they sound phenomenal. So after them, Dashboard went on. They unfortunately had some audio issues in the beginning. Mics couldn't work, but Chris is a pro. He made the best of it, and 
They did a great set. They did play Stolen, as promised by other Chris last week. And then Pierce the Veil came on. The way the festival was set up, because everyone was like, how is this going to work? There's so many bands. Mathematically, like timing wise, it doesn't add up how every band is going to be able to play. But the main stages, it was a pink stage and the black stage. And they were side by side. As Dashboard finished, Pierce the Veil started. And where we were, if you were like watching Dashboard, you could still look over and see Pierce the Veil. So you didn't have to like make this big trek to a different stage right away. And then after Pierce the Veil, I didn't even stay for the full set. I decided to walk around. I tried Tacotarian, which is the Las Vegas vegan taco place that I've been hearing about. I got three different tacos. My favorite was this pineapple topping that they had. I love any vegan restaurant and I support them all. But I will say sugar tacos tortillas are better. I'm sorry. And maybe it's because it was at a festival and they didn't quite have the equipment they needed to have. But I did find them a little greasy and a little hard around the edges. I would definitely give them another chance. Just my honest review. But I did enjoy it thoroughly. After I ate, I was just kind of like, what am I doing? Like, I can't get in touch with anyone. I don't want to stay alone for the rest of this festival. The bands that I really wanted to see didn't even play yet. I didn't see Paramore, Bring Me the Horizon, Bright Eyes, My Chemical Romance. I was so looking forward to seeing them. And I just decided to leave. Because more than anything, I had this overwhelming, sad feeling while I was there. And again, so emo, right? But it was also the opposite. And I don't really know how to explain it, but it was like, I was there with 60,000 people who you would say, these people are like you. These people are your people. They like the same music you like. You feel connected to this music. So you should feel maybe connected to this group of people. You're all here for the same reason. Being in this huge crowd actually made me feel more lonely. And I started thinking about it. And I was like, how does someone feel lonely in a huge crowd? And then I started feeling really uncomfortable. And I was like, do I have social anxiety? What is this that I don't feel right being in this big crowd of people? I've traveled all the way here for this, and yet I'm still going to leave before I even see what I meant to see. And I paid thousands of dollars to be here, and it doesn't matter. I'm still leaving by myself. Like, what is wrong with me? Why am I doing this? But I left. I got the bags. I got in a lift. I went over to the Signature at MGM, checked in to a lovely room kitchen, living room, dining room, balcony, amazing view of the strip, huge bedroom. The bathroom was probably the biggest bathroom, one of the biggest bathrooms I've ever seen in Vegas. Separate sinks, separate shower, huge jacuzzi tub, two bathrooms actually, which would be awesome if you're there with like a group of girlfriends because there was so much space. Even just in the one primary bathroom, four people could get ready in there. But then there was a whole separate other bathroom, which another person could get ready in two showers. It was awesome. I didn't leave there for the rest of the night. I had intentions. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll check in and then I'll go back and I'll see my chemical romance. I get back. I put on my comfy clothes. I decide I'm going to order Postmates. I ordered Tarantino's Vegan, which was another restaurant I had on my list that I wanted to try in Vegas. But I noticed that it was kind of far to take a lift to. It was a couple miles outside of town, but it was still available on Postmates. So I ordered a bunch of food. As an Italian who knows authentic Italian food, it wasn't on point. It was more like, okay, well, this is vegan and this is what we have to accept. But it wasn't like 
this is comparable to the best Italian food that I've had. And sauce is vegan, so they could have done that right. The lasagna, the ratios, in my opinion, were not right. They used way too much of the vegan sausage, not enough of the cashew ricotta. And the sauce wasn't really, in my opinion, authentic. As a vegan, it's like, oh, it's nice that I'm having something that resembles lasagna since I couldn't have it for so long. But also, I feel like it could be so much better. And you know what I really wanted? I really wanted mozzarella sticks which I've had vegan. They're very hard to come by, but I have had them. And when I did have them, they're great. But they didn't have them on the menu. And I was like, oh, that's a fail. And then another thing that I love in Italian food that I miss is eggplant rollatini or eggplant parmesan. But I saw the photos and they left the skin on the eggplant. And to me, that's a dead giveaway. You're not even Italian. (laughs) You don't leave the skin on. Only non-Italians leave the skin on when they're making eggplant parmesan or rollatini. You've got to take it off. And I also saw that the slices were super thick, which again, you don't do that either. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this. As much as I love eggplant, I don't think this is the move. So I got the lasagna instead. It was just okay. I ordered the tiramisu, which is another thing that I miss because that's impossible to get that vegan anywhere. It's not too hard to make vegan. It's just like no one's trying to. Again, that was just okay. I also watched maybe two or three Lifetime movies because it was that or sports or like Forensic Files, which I had been watching in the morning. I was like, I had enough of that. So I put on Lifetime movies. And what's ironic about that whole situation is, and it's similar to like a Hallmark movie where the acting is just hideous, but it's like so bad it's good, these movies, you know? And as I'm watching, I'm like, I wish this was real life. I wish guys were like this in real life. But then I see the actors so cute but it's like oh my god i know him i know him i know him they're all from soap operas they've now moved on to lifetime movies i knew these guys and hung out with them in real life back in new york and the one guy who was in the one movie i was watching he was such a prince charming in the show or movie but in real life i'm like oh i know that you're like a cheater cokehead egomaniac but here i am and here A lot of other people who are probably watching the same thing are like, oh, I wish my guy was like him. Somehow it kind of went in with my whole weekend and my whole thought process about everything. I did a lot of thinking. I had a lot of time alone to think. So the first thing I kind of realized is that I think I have a form of social anxiety. And the reason I never thought this before is because if you just look up the basic symptoms of it, that's not me. I don't get embarrassed. I'm totally fine public speaking. I don't get flushed. My voice does not get nervous to talk in front of people. I am not scared to talk to strangers. I don't have that social anxiety that you typically think it is. But what connected the dots for me is that I started thinking back to all the festivals that I've been to. And I think back to Life is Beautiful. And night one at Life is Beautiful, I ended up going home by myself and crying. I got in a fight with Sheena that night, which was a valid concern or issue that I had with her, which was that I went there with you and you left me alone to go see music that I didn't want to see. And so I was left alone and you were more concerned with this new friend who you're not even friends with anymore. Then, you know, where am I and am I safe? And I ended up going home and like getting really sad that night. And it was like our first fight that we ever had. We talked it out and we were adults. It just helped us understand each other better. And I don't think she's ever left me alone since then (laughs) anywhere. She has never abandoned me after that in a large group where I feel not safe walking the streets of Vegas at night by myself. But that was the first time. So now connecting the dots, I think of Crossed, which was another festival I went to with Sheena. And I think Brock was there, Jesse, 
Montana. I don't even remember who else was with us. It was a group. Jasmine, maybe. I took mushrooms. And I was blaming this, my behavior on the mushrooms, which was that, and the fact that I hate house and techno music, but I decided to go just so I could hang out with my friends. I end up walking away from everyone and finding a seat all by myself in the back. I just didn't want to be around people and I wanted to like get away from it. And I was like, oh, that had to be the mushrooms. You just don't do mushrooms when you're in a crowd. That was stupid. So I blamed it on that. So then if you guys listened to the episode that I had TJ and Aaron on, the Emo Night founder, I speak of the last time I was at an emo night. They had moved venues. So it was normally at the Echo, which was much smaller. And they moved venues to Avalon in the heart of Hollywood. And it's a much bigger venue. And so my first time being there, I told TJ, I was like, you know what? I ended up having like an existential crisis. And I went and I sat on the bleachers by myself. And I was just looking at everybody. And then I ended up just going home. Now I'm putting all the dots together because this happened again at when we were young. And I was like, what was it about? all of these situations that were similar. It was that I was in a huge crowd. Something made me feel uneasy or very sad or very lonely or a need to get out of there. Through my research, I found that this is common. I want to know if anyone out there also has felt this. It's kind of opposite where you're in a big crowd, but you feel the most lonely in a big crowd. And it's because you think, oh, I'm surrounded by people, but I don't feel connection. So it kind of makes you think there's something wrong with you. Like, I don't feel this connection to anybody. And there is a difference between being alone and being lonely. So being alone is something I actually enjoy. I love my alone time. And as you can see, it allows me to think and learn more things about myself and grow and become better. And I think everybody needs their alone time. If you don't have alone time, I feel like you're just kind of running away from your own thoughts. And that is never healthy No matter how scary those thoughts are, we all have to learn how to sit with them because that's the only way we'll get through anything. So I do want to make that distinction that being alone and being lonely are two separate things. So what we're talking about is like being lonely, and that doesn't matter if you have people around you or not. And I think ultimately everyone has this longing for a connection. And if you're in a huge group of people and you still don't feel that connection, I think it's triggering. And I don't think it's uncommon to feel isolated in a crowd. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this, because if anyone else has gone through it or felt this way, I don't think I've ever heard it verbalized before. I've never even seen it down in writing before. I actually had to do a lot of research, even just to find a couple articles about it. And not only that, I think it's growing. I think it's a full-on epidemic now after recent events with the pandemic and isolation and having to stay at home. And I've looked into a survey. It says half of Americans reported that they were sometimes or always lonely. And then another study said that three quarters of participants had moderate to high levels of loneliness. This isn't something where, like, if you admit that you feel lonely in a crowd, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Like, I have the most amazing people in my life. I love my friends. I feel connected to a certain group of my friends. I feel so much love and connection to Ivy, of course, like she's my entire world. I could not wait to get home to her, which is another thing I think, you know, triggers things because it's like being away from her. And then I'm like, why did I take this time away from my daughter for this? You know, that's a whole other topic, though. So it's not like, oh, feel sorry for me. No one needs to worry about me. I think this is just normal. I think it's normal. And that's why I want to talk about it. And I've hit on, you know, the social media aspect of this before, that it actually makes us feel more distant and less connected as a society. And as social media grows and grows and grows, 
I feel like this loneliness and disconnection is going to grow as well. And I think overall, it's misunderstood. So that's why I wanted to clarify. And even people who have a romantic partner, sometimes if they're in the wrong relationship, that can make them feel more lonely than if they were single. So it's not even about, woe is me. I don't have a boyfriend right now. I've purposely not had a boyfriend for a year. I took the time off. I shut down all the dating apps and I did not date. So it's kind of looking into like what actually is loneliness. And one article said it isn't defined by the number of people in your life. Instead, it's the distance between what you want out of your relationships and what you're getting. And that hit on something for me because we need to stand up for what we want. We need to speak what we want. We're not going to get it unless we say it. And we're also not going to get it from the wrong people. If I am going to date, I want to be intentional about it. I don't want to just hook up with anybody. I want a connection. Taking a year off teaches you you don't need you don't need anybody for anything. When someone does come into your life, they better be worth it and they better be special, especially given that I held out for that amount of time on purpose. I can't just hook up with anybody. No shame to people who do. If they're in a life stage where you want to call it a hoe phase or whatever it is, or fuck boy phase, go do you, do what you need to do, get your experiences, learn about what you want, what you don't want. I'm all for that. But if I'm telling you that's not what I want for me, you damn well better not be a fuck boy trying to pretend like you're not. This is a moment I think that happens to a lot of people that are in dating scenarios. And it's like, oh, do you just look the other way? Do you not say anything? Do you just act like you don't care? Do you try to be the cool girl, the cool guy? Like, oh, I don't give a fuck. No. You know what? If you're strong and you have self-confidence, no, you don't play that game like you don't care. That's where people want to pretend like they have confidence, but they don't. A lot of people want to talk about creating this roster when you start dating again and you need backups and if one falls through you need to have another one or you need different ones in different cities and I just kind of feel like that's for people who got out of a shitty relationship and they're still traumatized and they're just not ready for something more or they can't handle something more whatever phase people are in like I said you go through whatever you think you need to go through that's fine no judgment from me But I've worked so fucking hard on myself that I'm going to admit what I want. If I'm physical with someone, they better not be out there trying to still figure out what they want with other people. If it gets to that point, either you're all about me and trying to see where this goes. And if it doesn't go anywhere, we talk about it, we end it, and we both move on. And that doesn't need to be an exclusive relationship. People have these ideas. It's like, oh, until you have the exclusive talk... You can do whatever you want. And it's like, no, you can't because that's going to cause me anxiety. And I don't want anyone in my life causing me anxiety. And the fact that it causes me anxiety doesn't mean I'm insecure. It means I don't want to share body parts with someone else. More than anything, I care about my health. And then on top of it is the mental health aspect. I don't want you lying. Like, let's say you have a date with someone else and like, you're not going to tell me. So now you're going to lie to me that there's no foundation of trust there. I don't like it. And I now know more than ever what I want and what I don't want. I just want a more upfront way of dating. This secretive hookup culture where nobody cares, nobody's vulnerable, everyone's too cool. I don't think you'll ever find happiness that way. And that ties into this whole loneliness aspect. I think loneliness is abolished through connection. And the only way to have connection with people 
is to be vulnerable and to let them in. And if you're not in that stage, you owe it to that other person to tell them. Tell them what you want, but they also owe it to ask. We need to ask other people. We need. We can't be scared to ask. We can't be scared to think, if I ask this person, what are they looking for? Is it going to make them think I'm coming on too strong or I'm going to push them away? Like, can we just stop all those stupid mind games? Like, just stop. Have a full life. Be super happy with your own life. Be able to be alone. You may not have to take it to the extreme that I did for a year, but the longer you can do it, I think the better and stronger you'll be. There's no one as strong as I am right now. And whoever I give my energy to is going to be worth it. And someone who tells me they don't know what they want is not worth it. And the reason I'm so passionate about this right now, I think as women, we keep quiet way too much. I think we're silenced way too much. I think a lot of things are under the guise of taking the high road, but it's to silence us. And the only way we're going to find people who get us is if we are truly, authentically ourselves. When we betray our most important needs and values, just because we're afraid of being alone, just because we're afraid to set boundaries, you will invest in relationships that drain you, that deplete you, that erode your sense of well-being. Every day you try to spend molding yourself to fit that person is another day you take away from being who you truly are and finding someone who truly understands and gets you and who's right for you. Thank you for letting me get that out. I hope you get something out of it. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. And I'll talk to you next week. Oh, no. This couldn't be more unexpected. And I can tell it I've been moving in so slow. Don't let it throw you off too far. Cause I'll be
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.